Coach Taku. Making anime your new life coach. Taku listeners, and welcome to this week's episode. I'm here with the amazing Christina, and of course, this is Mary. And today we're taking it back OG again, right, Christina? Going all the way back to one of the uh, one of our favorites, and it's Yu Yu Hakusho. If you don't know Yu Yu Hakusho, you can still watch it because it's still an amazing anime, even though it's uh, one of the older ones. And this story tells the story of Yusuke, who's a high school student, or maybe he's in middle school. I'm not really sure where in that, but he's a student. And in that first episode, he's trying to save a child from a car accident and in the process actually dies himself, which is pretty tragic. And it's not a spoiler because it's the first episode. And what he discovers is that he has an opportunity to go back to being a human, but he has to pass this spirit trial. And as that happens, he realizes that there are a lot of people in his life that truly care about him. So having successfully passed that trial, he goes back to his human body, but then the spirit world kind of commissions him to become a spirit detective. And that's where this adventure starts. So Christina, magical detective, spirits, demons, all of this, what's the coaching conversation? Heck yeah. Well, before I even go there, I give a shout out to anyone who knows what I'm talking about here. But to me, Yu Yu Hakusho defines like my late middle school, early high school experience, just because I remember the um, the North American dub of it used to air on Cartoon Network on Toonami. And so just shout out to you and, you know, pat yourself on the back if you know what I'm talking about and you're familiar with that reference. But Hey, you know, a story that talks about death and rebirth, talks about spirit energies, talks about being a detective for the underworld. Obviously, we got to talk reinvention. And if that doesn't seem super obvious to you, I'm going to break it down. As we say reinvention, you may imagine it very much means looking at who you are or who you were and deliberately choosing to step into the next version of yourself. And if you really enjoy this topic, I highly recommend you go all the way back to one of our OG Coach Taku episodes because we offer also did a reinvention conversation around the shoujo series Kimini Todoke. And it's a really, really sweet and cute series. But for the purpose of talking about Yu Yu Hakusho, I think why this coaching topic works so well is because for many of the main characters and even a lot of the side characters in this series, you see how they are forced to reinvent or explore how they have been in certain situations as they grow and become stronger and eventually take on greater challenges and even greater battles. So I think the best way to have this conversation is just to dive into the characters themselves and talk about where we see reinvention and of course, we need to start with Yusuke since he's the star of this show and the heart of it. And 
I think Yusuke's reinvention really starts on the day that he dies. Because prior to what we can see in the first few minutes of the episode is that he's kind of like a bad boy student. He's like getting into fights. He has like this little gangster walk that he uses. You know, he cuts class and he's not really committed or dedicated to much, it seems. Other than he has like this altruistic side that has him save this child. But what Diane actually does is it gives him an opportunity to look at the relationships around him that are important especially with his mom, with his best friend, and with his girlfriend or future girlfriend, Keiko. And what we see is that he's really present to the impact that he has on them. So when he comes back as a human, you see that he has more, there's more of a consciousness to him. He has a greater sense of justice too. And you start to see that change on him, like from that, from that day. As the fights progress, as he becomes a a detective, you see that sense of justice kind of bring and call him in further into somewhat of being different, into actually um, embracing his power in a different way, embracing the strength that he has to use it for something for good rather than just cut class and, you know, be a bad boy. Yeah. And, you know, I think I truly believe that for at least most of us, it's not, there are some outliers, but at least for most of us, what really has us take on reinvention is a bit of an epiphany moment. And I think for Yusuke, really the epiphany moment for him wasn't just that he died, but that he was able to observe his own wake. And he was able to really see that even though he was kind of a shit bag of a teenager, that there were people in his life who deeply loved him. And I think the revelation that he was loved and was appreciated is the catalyst for his personal reinvention. Because when Yusuke returns to the series, he's not, he's no less of a badass. He still has a sour attitude. You know, as he goes through his training, he can still have a laid back attitude. But the motivator in his life has gone from being rebellious just for the sake of being rebellious to really thinking, how can I protect and take care of the people that I love the most? And how can I also take care of myself? Because I've learned that if I'm not on this planet anymore, that's actually going to deeply hurt them and they don't want that for me. And there's this really cute scene when he comes back and his BF is being ganged up on because his best friend is trying to protect a kid. <laughs> and he like steps in to fight a fight them and say, no, we're not. We're going to save the kid. And it's like really adorable. But and, and there are different, you know, you can see throughout the series that that loyalty, that sense of protection for his friends just keeps on growing. And it's such by the end of the series, he's almost unrecognizable from that first impression that we get of him. But I think another way that we see him reinvent throughout the series is actually through the battles themselves. Because each battle is kind of like a question for him. How do I adapt to this situation? How do I survive? How do I use my knowledge, the techniques that I have to gain the upper hand, to keep moving forward? And I think that's true of all the players in this series, Christina. Like, I don't think it's just for him. I think all of them kind of really push their limits to say, okay, how can I grow further? And, you know, I, I think that's the, I think that's the emotional appeal of Shonen is to me, what makes a really great 
fully fleshed shonen series versus like one that just had cool battles is when you can connect the character's physical growth to their emotional and mental growth. And I think where you really see it for Yusuke is both in, you know, as he goes on, not just to develop himself as a detective, but really almost as a champion for the living world in a lot of ways. And you see it because perfectly Yu Yu Hakusho is one of those series that has the beloved cliche of a tournament arc. And so you see him with the other main protagonists of the series all needing to undergo pretty massive physical and spiritual reinventions to take on stronger enemies as they approach. And so with that in mind, because it is so fight forward, I'm wondering, Mary, if you have any favorite battles that Yusuke goes through, either because they represent this reinvention that we're talking about or just because they're fun to reminisce over. So it by far wasn't the biggest fight that he had, but it definitely is my favorite, Christina. And it's the very first one where he's actually fighting um, to become the master, like to to get lessons from this master, master fighter. And it's my favorite one because there's a moment in it where he's like ready to give up. And the I don't remember the character's name, the but he's like, he has magical powers. He's like really aggressive. He has him tied up to a tree and there's a swamp with fish, you know, like killer fish who are going to kill him at any point in time. And he's ready to give up. And then his best friend, Kuwabara, yells from the side. He's like, don't you give up. We still have to fight. And that just motivates him to like keep going. And that's the type of loyalty and love that the series brings along with along with the fight scenes, along with, you know, the reinvention of the characters themselves. But what about you, Christina? What was your your favorite? Yeah. So one of my favorites is I believe this happens in the very first round of the tournament arc when Yusuke's team is up against, let me see, I think if I remember correctly, the team name was the Roku Yukai. And Yusuke ends up going up against their leader, uh, a demon by the name of Chu. And part of the reason why I love this fight so much is Chu is an S-class demon. He's super powerful despite his like very laid back, even drunken personality. And and it's a great foil to Yusuke because Yusuke is kind of the same way. And what I love about this fight is both of these men have huge potential and tons of power, but rather than relying on their spirit energy or, you know, very thoughtful, clever tactics, it ultimately boils down to a fist fight. Like, a, like an old school, an old school gangster fist fight. And I, I think what has me love it so much is because you see Yusuke integrating all the parts of this reinvention for himself. Like he wants to win this fight, not just to beat the other guy, but to actually move his team forward and to be able to progress in the tournament. But the the style in which he undergoes being able to win the fight is very much old school Yusuke Yurameshi if I'm going to beat you with my bare hands until I win. And so to me, it's I think it's a great reminder for us that reinvention isn't about killing the old parts of you. It's just about learning how to integrate them in a new way that really works with the goal that you have or the life that you want to be having. Yeah, on that note, 
like talk about reinvention christina we have to like talk about kurama about old and young and accepting and integrating different parts of themselves and kurama is a really interesting character because when we're first introduced to him he's actually um an anti-hero you know yusuke is fighting against him uh, because he stole this artifact so that was actually yusuke's first case and he manages to defeat him pretty quickly and they form a partnership afterwards and so that's what starts um kurama's reinvention so to speak is like this opportunity to be caught to have it go differently and to play on the team with yusuke and what we discover about Kurama is that he's extremely powerful. He has like this beautiful vine of roses that he uses to defeat enemies. But we also discover during the dark tournament that he has this, this, this fox spirit embedded in him. And so we see that Kurama has actually gone through reinvention multiple times. You know, his first original form is this fox form who, because he was mortally wounded, ended up inside the body of a baby child and so now you have this human slash fox demon spirit in one body and that's his current iteration and then you see reinvention for kurama also as he's forming friendships and partnerships and getting stronger and kind of integrating that duality between human and fox self which is pretty pretty cool so i'm curious christina what are your some of your favorite kurama moments I mean, I feel like it would, it's in some ways a cop out because it's the obvious one, but it would also be a cop out if we didn't talk about it as the obvious one, which is, you know, again, going back to the dark tournament arc, which listen, folks, this was me in peak middle school watching this air. You know, I think it was the last arc that got aired in North America or the last one I remember watching. It's one of my favorite tournament arcs in anime history. So don't scold me for all of my favorite battles being in this particular season of the series. But I digress. As Mary mentioned, we learned that Kurama's human form is the reincarnation of a famous fox spirit, Yoko Kurama. And there's a moment in the Dark Tournament arc where we get to meet Yoko Kurama's true form as this lithe, tall, menacing yet gorgeous fox demon who is brutal and cold and capable of manipulating these monstrous carnivorous plants with the, you know a single wave of his fingers and a single scattering of seeds and to me first of all it's just cool like who doesn't want to see a cool badass transformation like that but another reason why I like it in terms of what we're talking about in this episode is you really see the juxtaposition of who Yoko was as a full demon, ruthless, you know, self-serving, willing to kill at a moment's notice, not hesitating, having no real relationships or connections to Kurama and his human form of Suichi, who has learned love, has learned tenderness, has learned elegance and gentleness and sweetness and seeing all of that sweetness gone in that moment and the way that Yoko revels in killing someone for being stupid enough to go against him is a, a fascinating moment for me in the anime. How about yourself? I mean, that was an amazing scene because you're like, who is this handsome fox demon who just appeared on the screen? 
Um, but I have to say that probably my favorite moments was earlier in the tournament. And it's to a point that it's only Yusuke and Kurama who are able to fight. And you see Kurama take on like two or three different fighters on his own, one after the other. And you can tell that he's exhausted and you can tell that he's done, but he keeps fighting till the end. And you can see the resolve that he has. And I think that's one of my favorite moments because it shows how much his team means to him. It shows how much he actually cares. And it's different for me because in the beginning of the series, like he has his own reasons for doing things outside of this, outside of this group of people. But this is the first opportunity where you see them all playing together on the same team like this. And I think this is actually a good opportunity for reinvention for the whole team, because his going down earlier would have meant that they would have lost that fight and the dark tournament would have been over. But he actually realizes that and he pushes himself harder each time to the point where he's like in such bad shape that there are flowers coming out of his body. And you can see the intensity of that fight for him and what it meant. Like he's not afraid to give himself for the cops and for his team. And I thought that was pretty cool. Yes. And so, you know, Mary, I know Karama is one of your absolute favorites. Um, for myself, I prefer his shorter, hotter tempered counterpart. It's funny, both his hotter tempered and his colder tempered <laughs> counterpart. And of course, I'm talking about Hie. And similarly to Karama, and I find this is the case in general, the demons in the series, because they have such longer lifespans than humans. But Hie has already gone through many different reinventions and many different transformations when we're introduced to him in the series. He is Kurama's partner in crime. The two of them have stolen this artifact together when Yusuke goes up against them to try and apprehend them. But I don't even want to start there. Where I want to start is in Hiei's origins. The thing about Hiei is that he is a forbidden child. His mother is a Kuurime, little sweet little ice spirit. And the only reason that he was able to be born is because she chose to leave her village and fell in love with a male demon and mated with him. And so from the moment that he exists, his existence is considered taboo. And his mother actually gets rid of him so as to save his life. And so he really starts his journey through life with this chip on his shoulder of that I'm worthless and I don't mean anything and I don't belong anywhere. And so you see him in his young life working to fight that story by constantly getting strength and constantly getting power and constantly growing and being the strongest demon. And part of where this journey takes him is he makes the decision to get this surgery to artificially implant a third eye on his forehead called the Jagon that gives him many different cool abilities that we won't get into for the purpose of this particular series. But the consequence of this surgery is that it actually resets Hiei's abilities. Like he goes from an S-class team and I think all the way back down to a D-class even. I don't remember the exact, <laughs> the exact correlation of it, but he essentially hits the reset button on all of the years of training that he has spent to be given this opportunity. And so I, I give this backstory, A, because I think a lot of people who maybe cut off the series early don't know all these things about Hiei, 
We don't know why he's such a sweet little grumpy pants. I love this guy so much. Um, but for the other reason, I think it's really important to see that for Hie, he's already undergone a lot of different cycles of reinvention. But before he really comes into c- contact with Karama and ultimately into contact with, you know, Team Urameshi, that most of his reinvention has happened on his own. And that we see reinvention go very differently for him when it's about being surrounded by others and fighting for a cause that's bigger than his own selfish desires. He kind of reminds me of Bakugo, Christina. It's one of those characters that could go either way. You could see him being this awesome villain, or you can see him being this amazing hero. And it's interesting to me, like I love watching his fights because out of all of them, I think he's the one who's quicker to kill or quicker to use brutal force. And I think where really his reinvention lies is not really in his strength or power. It's really in his ability to relate to people differently and to really stick for his team, to really stick up for that sense of justice, as Christina was mentioning earlier. And that's where the pleasure comes in, because this man has so much badassery in him that when he fights for the right team, quote unquote, the right team, it's amazing because this is a person you want to have on your side. And as the story develops, he develops a, a large sense of loyalty and friendship and camaraderie with, with the other characters. And even though he still keeps to himself, you know that this is the type of person that if you call or if you need, he'll have your back 100% of the time. Any favorite he moments, Christina? Yeah, actually, I think I think for me, the the moment in the series that really encapsulates this transformation that we're speaking of, the one where he really cares for others and that he still likes to win, but he likes something bigger than winning. Uh, It's in the, you probably guessed it. Ha, no, you didn't. I fooled you. This is a psych out. This is not a dark tournament arc reference. (laughs) This is actually from the Three Kings arc. And this moment, I'm pretty sure is anime exclusive. Like, I'm pretty sure if you're like, oh, I read the manga and it was better. Maybe it was, but this happened only in the anime. One of the relationships that Hiei has to other demons is specifically to the demon uh, Makuro. And she's a very powerful demon. She actually helps rule a part of the demon world. But she has a super tragic backstory. And I, I won't go into all the details of that, but if you want to talk more about Makuro, let us know and we can cover it in one of our Instagram live series. But the bottom line is that even though she has created all of this power and all of this success, she's still very tragically tied to her past. And that is represented by a manacle that has remained on her left wrist ever since she has broken free from this slavery that she was a part of. And so he and Makuro, being the beloved rivals that they are, get into this super epic battle where they're pulling out their best moves and figuring out which between them is the strongest. And it's a really cool scene in itself. You see Hie whip out his Dragness of the Darkness Flame and all these other pieces. And Makuro gains the upper hand and despite the odds, still defeats Hie, even as he brings out his most powerful move. And so she's all smug because she's like, I won. And he's all smug because he's like, no, I won. And you realize that the attack wasn't about defeating Makuro. It was about removing the shackle from her wrist. And you have this really 
sweet moment where the two of them actually embrace each other, seemingly content for the first time in a really long time. And for me, part of the reason why it's my, one of my favorite moments in the series is I think that this is what a lot of us do when we go through our, our own transformational journey. Like so much about Hiei's arc in this series is about letting go of his past and choosing to live a life for himself. And when he sees what was available because of that, and because he cares for Makuro, he facilitates her having that same chance at reinvention. So that's definitely both one of my favorite fights, one of my favorite moments, and it's a Three Kings arc moment. So I have watched Beyond the Dark Tournament arc for any of you doubters out there. What about you, Mayor? Well, mine is a dark tournament moment. <laughs> and mine's is actually the moment that he's trapped with um, Master Genkai. Uh, like this um, this nurse, quote unquote nurse, traps them in this like electrical box. And at one point, you know that the fight is rigged. You know that it's unfair. And you can just see Hiei kind of emanating this anger around him. And I think this was my, one of my favorite moments because it's the moment that I was like, oh, he really cares about these people. Because he was like, Yusuke, just give it up. It's fine if they want to win, but we're going to turn this house upside down. Don't you worry. And you can tell that he really means that. And that's the moment I was like, oh, wow. He's like, he's really ready to go and destroy this whole, you know, like the whole stadium. He's going to like light it up on fire in dark flames. And this is going to be a party. And then I was like, and that's the moment when I realized I was like, yeah, he's really changing. He really considers all these people his team and he's really out for the sense of justice. And you actually start seeing the other demons in the in the stadium go, yeah, I'm actually rooting for he on this one. I, I agree with him. We should. And this is not fair. And that was a pretty cool moment for me. And in conclusion, thank you for coming to our TED talk around why he is the best character. I'm totally kidding. If he's not your favorite, you're not wrong. You're just not right. Um, thus concludes, you know, another episode of me having the angry one that blows things up be my <laughs> favorite, but I digress with that all being said, Yu Yu Hakusho, again, one of the great OG shonen anime, whether you watched it on Toonami or you watched it subbed like a regular human being or however you came across it at the time it was airing or today. And I fully understand that in a 30 minute episode, we didn't get to cover everyone. Heck, we didn't even get to cover all of the members of Team Urameshi, including our beloved Kuwabara. So what do we do from here? First of all, this is the reminder to catch us on our Instagram live. Even if you can't join us live on Fridays at 6 p.m. when we do it, we do repost the chat. So you're welcome to join us and still comment things that you felt about the episode or that you feel about the series. We're definitely going to cover our man Kuwabara on that. Additionally, if you're like, no, but there's so many different characters. What about Keiko? What about Koenma? What about all of, like, come on, give us more. We need more. Let us know because I could totally come up with enough notes to do a Yu Yu Show part two. And I'm even happy to dive a little more deeply into tournament arcs in general and what coaching elements exist in them. Ooh, so many. So exciting. And as always, thank you so much for tuning in and listening. Follow us on our Coach Taku Pod Instagram page. Leave us comments, send us emails. If you really enjoy this show, please consider leaving a review for us. 
it's really helpful and tell all your friends about it because i mean we like the show i think it's cool until next time everyone until next time keep it cool and we'll catch you later thank you bye-bye for subscribing so you never miss a new episode have an idea for an episode or show you'd love us to discuss dm us on our insta coach taku pod c-o-h-c-h-t-a-c-u-p-o-d or email us at coachtakupod at gmail.com. Love your wonderful host. In that case, you can follow me, Christina, at herextinaroar on Instagram. And you can follow Mary at mary, M-E-R-Y, dot the nerdy coach. Thanks so much. Catch you in the next one.